1: thank you for doing this. Um, appreciate you being here, giving us a little bit of your time. I know you're a busy person and from what little bit I know about you, it seems that, you know, you're an actress, you're in the music. Now you're writing. It seems like you just wear a ton of hats. Has that just always been part of your life? That's been the type mm-hmm. of person you are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And primarily why? Maybe because when you're, I was, you know, we're all very primal beings and we get domesticated at a very young age and, you know, the people want the best for us. And they're like, oh, focus on one thing, focus on one thing. But I was really interested in a lot of different things. And, um, I remember seeing how other people were in their nine to fives or in their traditional, you know, routines and not very fulfilled, not very happy. So it's like, why am I going to listen to these people who? do not look happy when I know my destiny and what I want. And I want to go for it all because I'd rather go for it all and explore all these things that make me tingle and that excite me than to reflect back when I'm older and have regrets that I didn't try certain things because I listened to someone else outside of me instead of listening to my own self Then I knew later on, I would just, you know, be hard on myself for not listening to myself. So that's what I chose to do at a young age, which led me to doing a lot of different things instead of just one thing.
1: Hmm. Do you find yourself leaning towards, you know, more of the uh, the acting or more of the writing, or do you just like to kind of dabble here and there, just whenever the creativity or influence is hitting you? How do you kind of judge your time with all that?
2: Well, I do not like to judge my time, right? But I do put it in rotation. and go with the flow uh i sowed seeds i look at it as like a garden and i sowed seeds and then like i nourish them i check in i nourish them and check in and after three months i'll kind of reflect and look like what's working what's not working right with the actions that i'm taking the people i'm surrounding myself with what do i need more of what do i need less of but right now and so dabbling sure success is measured right Mm -hmm. and so with the over two decades of experience I've had with my career thus far, I feel like, oh, I really win for everything. I, you know, did great brushstrokes and had a lot of great splashes. And now during the the great blow up of the world, right, I was able to self-reflect and say, what do I want to do for the next two decades of my life and career? You know, Um, And so I am now focusing on being a household name in TV and film. I've been successful in those things, but I also did the other things you mentioned. And now I love podcasting, voiceovers, and acting. And they all go hand in hand with my instrument, which is my voice, Mm -hmm. right? Voiceovers is acting the craft of acting. And also like voiceovers can be on podcast and sharing who I am as a human as an artist representing my actor because nowadays it's, it's like brands and directors producers they want to work with the the person you know the they want to know the personality of the person what they stand for who they are and maybe they align to that movie or this tv show right with social media and everything so my number one thing is acting and so I'm really excited to um you know focus on just those things so I could god willing like have a family in the near future <laughs> yeah.
1: well I want to talk about the acting a little bit later especially when the uh you know you have I know you've worked with uh, De Niro and Bacino, but you know the voiceover acting stuff is I'm kind of curious about just because is that just tough to do just because you're just is, are you just reading from a script in the front of a microphone and just trying to in your head say all right this is what the character is going to be like in my head rather than just actually being there playing it out yourself and body I hope that I hope that kind of makes sense what I'm trying to ask.
2: Mm, I have coaches I work with okay. I don't try to do anything I I make choices before I go onto the mic and before I get on with my coach. I do my work. I make choices about the character. I break down the script, the tone of the show. Is it for Disney, animation, Nickelodeon? Is it a promo? Mm -hmm. Is it a movie? Is it a TV show? Is it a comedy? Like, um, is it a video game, a commercial? Like, what's the vibe, you know? So you have to know the craft of acting. And then, you know, there's a psychological aspect, the technical aspect where a lot of voiceover actors um you know can record anywhere in the world now ever since you know what happened in 2020 and so um i focus on the craft of the acting and then i um you know i make my choices and i i go for it and if i read it and it, it's if not if not like um uh, vibing with it mm-hmm. then i'll pass on it and then i won't do it cuz i don't want to waste my time or my team's time, and they trust me and I trust them. So when they send me something, I trust that they think I could be right for it. And if they send me something and I don't do it, then they trust me that maybe I know that it's gonna go to someone who like, really has a French accent or who really has like an authentic um, accent from London, a, Br- a British accent, you know? So being knowing thyself and being true to your core.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: is really important and you know like a lot of people in theater when the theater closed down they started doing voiceovers and when the world closed down a lot of people the podcasting the spike you know went so high so um yeah i coach people with voiceovers um everyone's at different areas did i answer your question specifically
1: yeah uh, yeah i mean that's what i was asking and then just You know, I had a follow-up question with that was just that, you know, when you are, you know, getting into that character and you're vibing with it or whatever, is there a lot of leeway with the script? I mean, can you say that, oh, hey, I think the character would actually say it this way rather than how the writers actually wrote it in the script?
2: Okay, so, um, oh yeah, and so from what you said um, initially, with acting on screen, prepare, be off book, but... When you're doing voiceovers, I have an iPad. You know, I have a, I have a, a studio, I have a stand, I have my iPad where you can, read. you make your choices, you know the character, but you don't have to memorize it. You can look at the iPad while I'm recording, right? While I'm recording, I can look at my iPad and see what's going on. You don't read it, but you're able to grab it from the screen, which is, makes it so much fun to do voiceovers. And literally like you'll get something and they're like, you know it's a rush it's doing two hours or you have you know most of the time it's a 24 hour turnaround 48 hour turnaround so that was that question but what was the other one too I wanted to make sure I answered that last question you had.
1: Just that um I guess it's kind of what I just said like how did you actually get into voice acting and what was your uh crap I don't really remember what was the first question. How did you get into it and just that I'm um, shit I don't even remember what it yeah. was. I forgot yeah. to
0: yeah. To
1: what you're saying before that. So don't worry about it. We can move on from there.
2: No, no, I've had a day. No, but uh, I wanna I wanna definitely um um what was what did you just say though?
1: The last question that was- how
2: did I get involved? How did yeah. I get involved? Yeah. In voiceovers. Okay, no. oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Um, so I was in Michigan and I booked a commercial, a pizza commercial, and I was on set. I played this 14-year-old girl, and while I was on set the producer and the director, the client, whoever, they're like, oh my God, like, we love your voice. You'll be perfect for the voiceover. I didn't even know what voiceovers were. And they used fax machines back then. So they like <laughs> faxed in a contract to my agent while I was on set. I was sitting at the kitchen table where we did the pizza commercial and they put in the boom mic from doing an onset commercial. They bring in the boom mic and um, they had me do it right then and there. I wasn't in a professional studio or anything right there. I was right there in an open house quiet on set, quiet. They listen for noise. Okay. And then they have me say the lines. So that's how I booked my first um, voiceover commercial before I even went to Hollywood. And then when I went to Hollywood, um, a lot of times the voiceover department is with the commercial department. So there's legit, which is TV and film representing Mm -hmm. someone for on-screen TV and film, which is very different from being booked for um, having an agent for commercials that you see on TV and then having a voiceover agent who will book you on animations, promos, things of that nature, so there're all these different departments. so I can be represented by an agency for um commercials, and then they don't represent me for voiceovers or for TV and film, right? The voiceover yeah. i agency I'm with in Los Angeles, they only do voiceovers. They're one of the top agencies in the world, and it's they specifically focus on voiceovers, right sure. um yeah but like the commercial agency I'm with in LA I'm not with them you know for TV and film so uh, it's it's a lot of research and a lot of um you know not only research but your craft so when you do go into these kind of things you have to be prepared mind body spirit soul you know
1: oh yeah for sure I mean it's just like you said you craft and you put what is it you put 10,000 hours in to try to become a A master of whatever that craft you plan on wanting to pursue right Um, and it sounds like you found this you know your craft at a young age you know i mean a lot of people can't say that and yeah Yeah. uh, that's bold i like that you know just that because i always feel like that i haven't found my craft yet or my passion yet. but
2: really i feel like you're i feel like from just observing you're living it right now well you know
1: yeah. I started this right during the pandemic, like re, when you were just talking about, and I thought I wanted to take a, a leap of faith and try something. And just cause I've always liked listening to podcasts and I always get something out of them. So this was like the first, I you know, I'm hitting 36 this year and this is the first thing I feel like I've ever really done. Like I said, I actually took a, you know, a step out that I actually put myself out there and try something and get out of my comfort zone. And, uh, well congratulations
2: you're such a leader for yourself your family your friends and other people because it's independent you did something for yourself because you wanted to and it wasn't about the money although it's cool to make money and become this big Mm -hmm. podcaster but like you're just naturally in your zone and you said like you listen to podcasts and you get something out of it and like now your heart wants to do that for others and you know like i'm like you like i'm in season four of my podcast and when i was in season three i'm like what is season four going to be about? I have a theme for every season. And I'm like um, women empowerment because I've always, you know, had that thing where I looked to men when I was older, um, you know, in business. And I had um, like, I wasn't connected with divine femininity, like females, quote unquote, um, and nourishing those relationships, I had a lot of dudes around me all the time, right? One, yeah. one wanting to get with me, or just like wanting to be around me, or whatever. Just like guys like being around like like hot girls or whatever. Who knows? Like all that stuff, you know. But what I, you're like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty normal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's all that's all gravy and stuff. Um, but for me, also, you know, I felt like there was a lack of um, nourishment. And those kind of things. So I wanted to have a women empowerment series so I could not only empower other female identifying humans, non-binary humans uh, exploring gender and or exploring divine femininity in all genders, but I had questions about it. And so while I was interested in the topic, I thought other people would be interested in as well. And so I wanted to empower myself through this journey while I'm, I'm empowering others and making new friends. And so it's it's been a self-discovery. I'm on like my fifth episode of season four. And, right. um, you know, so it's, it's a process and it's a journey. Also, I feel like, you know, in life, we have multiple purposes, not just one, right? And sometimes we might not understand like, different purposes and stuff. Um, And then, I don't know, maybe, maybe sometimes we, we do. So when I was young, you mentioned, like, bold and finding my stuff earlier on. Well, my Greek roots, I just take you just use what you got. Like I had Greek roots. I was in the Greek Orthodox Church. I read Socrates and Plato and Aristotle. Like I read poets. I, you know, like um, I was surrounded with Greek mythology and everything was like fantasy and dragons and goddesses. And so it gave me uh, this curiosity to play and let my imagination wander, you know? And so those were my gifts. And I just saw what I was given at a young age. And no matter our circumstances, I feel like we're all gifted those gifts. It's just whether we receive them as gifts or we dismantle them and just not appreciate them because it's oh oh, like the back of my hand, everyone has one. Oh, we all have a hand. So a lot of people dismiss their gifts. Right. And so I like to check in with myself and I like to check in, you know, more than time to time because we become, you know, so comfortable with ourselves. And it's really important to honor and respect the gifts that we have now and the gratitude of where we are. So we can definitely receive more, you know,
1: you know, I want to circle back a little bit. And you were talking about women empowerment. And if you don't want to answer this, that's I perfectly get it. But, um, you know, with Harvey Weinstein and just that whole thing, of what he was doing in Hollywood, is that kind of I don't want to say it's a toxic environment because I know it's kind of just a base to base situation for every actor and actresses. But I mean, is that kind of just the uh, the narrative for the most part in Hollywood or is it just case by case? like I said? <laughs>
2: I mean, it's such a, um, you know, empowering topic that you brought up. Honestly, um, I'm bi-coastal LA and New York since uh, like 2012. And so I had to go uh, to LA in 2014. I think it was, it was in, yeah, the end of 2014. I had to go, um, should I stop for a second?
1: No, my dog has his ball and Oh so
2: cute. I like natural noises. What's his name?
1: Oh Rocky. Hold on. This is Hey here. Rocky. Oh.
2: Hey. Oh cool, cool. All right. So yeah, to answer your question, um yeah, I know I find it very and un- empowering. Um you are the first person who I think who has asked me this kind of question, but um when I was um I was in New York City and I had to go to I was living in New York and I had to go to LA and at the end of 2014 for a while And while I was there, it was so difficult to be there. And I had a partner with me at the time who came with me, which is the only reason why I could be in L.A. because of his raw energy, the love. We did music together and just like like who he was, like just it was very like New York, like I was bringing New York with me because L.A. was very difficult to be in. Um, I'm very, very energy sensitive. And so um, I was very aware of the vibes and the energy in L.A. And it was very difficult to be there during that time. Um, You know, I I had to be there like 20, um, end of 2014 through um, 2018 consistently. And um, just the energies were just like, so like not good, right? And like all that stuff came out and, You know, I wasn't surprised, but when that stuff came out, like people already knew, like people knew it was going on for a long time. Um, But everyone wants to stay employed and, you know, they don't want to lose their job and they're scared and, you know, they don't want you know what I mean? People were like feared. So I'm so happy. You know um people who came forth and spoke out and you know I mean there's still a lot of them out there you know there's so many and they they'll continue to be taken down and some won't um and even with what's happened people know like what's going on and stuff still goes on and some people like it just you know it slides by um but yeah no I have a I have a pretty disgusting story (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a pretty disgusting story. You'll be like the first to hear it. It's really okay, gross. great. If you
1: all, oh, if you if you're comfortable sharing it, you don't. I don't
2: know. I mean, if you're making a like a 30 second promo highlight clip, I wouldn't. But I
1: usually don't make promos. I just usually just throw something on the Instagram. So it's kind of
2: gross. It's kind of gross. It's, up, it's, it's up, kinda, up to you. It's, it's kind of gross. It's kind of gross. But it like really, really happened.
1: Okay. Um, well, if you want to share it, go ahead. But if not, don't worry about it. I don't know. It, it's up to you. Whatever makes you comfortable.
2: It's kind of gross
1: i mean i'm okay with stuff like that but
2: yeah
1: i mean but it's up. i'm leaving it up to you
2: yeah let's see let me see hold on let me energy test it um <laughs> i just ate so i'm like maybe that's like i shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i've never met him personally i just saw him one time um At the Ivy when I was having dinner, he was there with his wife at the time. Okay. And uh he was he was there in a different booth. Not the Ivy, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, the Waverly inn. The Waverly Inn in New York. I just saw him one time, but I've never had like a personal interaction like that with him. That wasn't the story I was gonna tell. It's a it's a different story, but I don't know. I guess I won't go there right now.
1: Okay, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Um (laughs) (laughs) well, I mean, so yeah, when you watch movies and stuff, and it's always about know a girl or the guy leaving the country town trying to get to make it big in hollywood or new york or whatever is that just you know they they try to do everything they can you know scrimp save work odd jobs just to try to make it in that industry and is that all just uh and like you said they're scared to lose jobs they were scared to probably not do you know whatever like for example whatever harvey says just because they know this is their probably only shot and is that just because they know that if they don't do something, they'll probably end up not getting their goals or whatever they want to set out to accomplish. And I'll end up having to move back to that country town. And
2: well, honestly, it's, was- it it could be so many different reasons. It depends, you know, on the person and their, you know, emotional circumstances and how they were raised and their boundaries. Wow. And everyone has insecurities. Everyone has shame and fear. And we have all these things where we don't put ourselves first or, we go into fight and flight, and we we get numb, and we freeze, and we don't say anything. And like the moment passes, and you're like, oh my god, if that ever happened again, or or you're like, oh my god, well if this were ever happened to me, I'm gonna do this. But then when actually that happens to you, you don't do it because you freeze, and like you just like you like you lose everything. Your prefrontal cortex just like shuts down, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's just because we're we're just such emotional beings that where like our our nervous system could get like jacked up. So uh, I'm not a psychologist or a doctor or whatever, but just, you know, speaking from experience, I know like, you know, a lot of people feel very shameful about putting themselves first, you know? Um, So, and a lot of people at a young age, you know, get treated a certain way. So let's say your parents treat you a certain way, then you go out into the world and you allow other people to treat you the way your parents treated you. Well, how did they treat you? If they treated you with boundaries, assertiveness, respect, you know, things like that, then people in the world are gonna treat you that way because that's that's the only relationship, that's the only like boundary you're gonna take, right? But if they're if they were mentally abusive towards you, you know, maybe you'll be around other people and when they're mentally abusive to you or saying meanful things, you don't even identify it as it being mean because you're just you're just used to that, right?
1: Yeah. So you know, I, I like what you said that people are scared or ashamed to put themselves first. I didn't, I wouldn't think that. I mean, I think that's just a generalization, but I think it's just, you know, cause I, I've met a lot of people who think they have to be the alpha person in every situation they go into. And it's just like, Hey man, you don't actually have to, you know, you don't have to talk, dude, just nobody cares, you know, and it's just the end up, but it they think it. that, you know, they Sorry. don't oh, no, You're fine. They're having a, you know not watch out for them they only want to watch out for themselves and they i guess feel like they are watching out for everybody around them but it's kind of yeah but still in the end you're still kind of still doing your own thing and making sure you're the number one
2: well it's insecurity it's being defensive like if you one feels they have to be the alpha to protect they have to watch out for themselves and they're watching out for the people around them you know like they're they're being very defensive because they feel like they have to, right? So then when you're feeling you have to, and you're being that other people pick up on that energy and that's how fights and things could occur. But to them, it's the only way. But what if you walk in and not leading from alpha leading from the back and there's power in silence and there's power in different ways of how we handle things, how we say things, what we don't say, having compassion and empathy for another person or the situation instead of being in our in our own minds, what wanting to protect and defense from, you know, so it's about how we perceive it and how we interact with other energies and other people.
1: You said something earlier in the podcast about being primal. I mean, do you think that's part of this primal? I don't want to say instincts, but, you know, almost like genetic memories and like what our ancestors how to do? Uh,
2: I think we we definitely have uh genetics ancestral codes um yeah um 1000 percent. Yeah. I lost what I was going to say. I've had such a day today. I can't believe it. It's
1: okay. It's okay. I understand completely. Um well, I wanted to ask you about, you know, like I said earlier, you know, you've worked with some of my favorite actors like De Niro and Pacino and mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and also one of my favorite shows. I know you're on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I mean, what what was that like? I know you've probably been asked that a thousand times, but you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious about those.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, they were great. They were awesome to work with. Wendy O'Brien cast me on the project. She's so sweet. Uh, it was great. It was legendary. I remember the hype. Everyone talked about It's Always Sunny. I remember how everyone was just like, "It's the new Seinfeld," you know, and. I wasn't really into Seinfeld. It was just, it was just kind of missed the boat on that one. But (laughs) Um, yeah, I was really proud and really excited to work with them. I, you know, it would be awesome to work with them again, you know, on a movie or a TV show or something. Um, I look forward to it. You know, I could definitely manifest for something like that to happen. Um, Yeah. But everyone I worked with, it's been uh, pretty incredible and a once in a lifetime experience, you know, like sometimes like some of the things that's happened, You're manifesting, you're preparing, you're doing things, you're showing up, you're working and you have ideas. And Mm. then the universe brings you this gem and it's like, whoa, I didn't even know that existed. You know, those unexpected gifts are such a pleasure.
1: Uh, You know, I had somebody tell me the other day, they didn't really believe in manifestation, but I kind (laughs) of, yeah. And I go back and forth with it because just like you said that, you know, you might be thinking something or say something out loud and then, you know, a week or two later, it actually becomes a reality and it hits you or you get the opportunity of, wow i didn't think this was like the universe just provided this for me or however you want to say it but it's just like there's something to this i think you know okay
2: where attention flows energy goes hmm. or where energy goes attention flows right so cool. like think about that we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts according to dr Joe Dispenza. so if you're having all these thoughts and they're circling around, circling around, circling around, and they're the same thoughts. But you hack those thoughts and you shape shift. script, the script is a thought and dismantle what you don't want by, and what, how do you, it could be so confusing, Write, Write down your thoughts. Yo, I just thought that, yo, I just thought that, oh, I'm thinking that again. Or like 10, and then you write them down and see what you're thinking and be like, yo, I don't want to be thinking these things. I don't want to be thinking these things. So then you're like, I'm not going to think about these things anymore. You call it out. But then you're like 10 minutes later, like, yo, I'm thinking about that thing again. So you call it out and you keep calling it out till it dissipates. So it's not there, it's an energetic form script that does not serve you. You're vibrating at a lower vibration, but you replace it with things you do want, not mm. into the future, but into the now, okay? <laughs> Abraham Hicks, One, just two things. Abraham Hicks, amazing, right? She's on YouTube for free you can do it every day multiple manifestations she has so many she guides you through them so you don't have to be in your head wondering if you're doing it right and going back and forth back and forth is the worst thing you can do caroline mice myss she's a mystic intuitive she talks about you know going back and forth one foot in the boat one foot out of the boat or one foot in this boat one foot in that boat it's the worst thing you can do it's the worst thing like it's too much you have to be all in or all out you have to you can't kind of maybe manifest and kind of maybe believe you have the faith you have your hope you do or you don't period So you can do that with manifestation. Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks is a person you can do it with. The other thing I wanted to mention where I lost it before was, you know, about being primal, how you brought that back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Don Miguel Ruiz, he wrote The Four Agreements, which is an amazing book. I know that book. Awesome. Yeah. Great. So he has another one called Mastery of Love, and it's one of my favorite books in the world. And he talks about how we're primal beings and how we're domesticated within our circumstances so and he talks about like the stories and the stories like we're all just living stories from illusions we're all just living stories so even with the story you mentioned about someone who goes to hollywood like that's just a story and that's just an illusion of who they are and the steps that one could take right Mm -hmm. um and so we're all i'm i'm living my i'm living in like quantum quantum multiple stories. And so by me going and doing everything I've done thus far, I haven't just been living a linear life, right? I've been creating multiple quantum fields and portals and I I shapeshift and I jump through them. So I don't get stuck in the energetic patterns where it engulfs you, like it sucks you up like quicksand and you get so wrapped into your patterns where you have those sixty to seventy thousand thoughts in, that are the same, I like to move around a lot because got a energy emotion. When you people want you to dance, they want you to work out, they want you to go for a walk, so you can move the energy. Yeah. If you're having a conversation with someone and it's heated, like if you go to the ice cream store or you go to Rite Aid, I'm not an affiliate, but if you go somewhere and you just move, you're gonna shape shift the energy. The their energy is gonna go somewhere else along their day. It's gonna dissipate. It's not gonna get so high. Same thing for you. And then you can have a new conversation on a new energetic level with that person, right? And if you keep meeting and firing and wiring, firing and wiring with those things that aren't serving you, that's just a trigger within oneself to sh- to do the work within. When someone triggers you, it's not F you, it's thank you. Tony Robbins says, you know, it's not like, oh, I he hate, didn't have a good relationship with his mother because she beat him. And he said he has a great documentary on Netflix, Tony Robbins. But and he says, like, I remember it was so impactful. He doesn't say F you to his mom, to the person who did all these things. He said, thank you, because those were his triggers and those are the his lowest points in which he was able to shape shift and grow and, you know, empower himself so he could empower other people because other people are suffering and hurting and halfway in, halfway out and doing this and doing this or not knowing and confused and just staying stagnant, you know, like scared to make a choice to really go for it because we're in this illusion of energy stories and social media. So to break out of all of that, to really break out out of it, of it. You know, with the new canvas, Don Miguel Ruiz talks about that on on Mastery of Love. And it's the best book you could gift yourself into another person.
1: Yeah, I just wrote that down in my notes here. So I want to check it out for sure. Because, like you said, I did check out the Four Agreements, and that was a really good book. I really got a lot out of that. But I'm amazed by er just everything that you're saying. I mean, you seem like to really know yourself very well. I mean, just from, is that just all from experience? learning from mistakes that you've made. I mean, you, I mean, do you journal too and get your thoughts out and you think about things? And I know you said you grew up with Greek philosophy and everything. Is that just all part of like a all coming together as one and making one, one great Katie, I guess.
2: <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Yes. And yes, to all of what you said. And then I keep going and do it again. And I keep going and, and I, I just keep doing, it. I just, the thing is I grew up running cross country, short-term, medium-term, long-term goals. And so, I'm Greek, so Nike, Nikki, those are the brand of shoes I wore. And it was like, victorious people. It means to win, Nikki, to win. And so my motto was just do it. So at a very young age, it was like the target, all or nothing, just do it. And so I've always had that go-getter attitude within myself that was gifted to me. And that's one of my gifts. And I just follow that intuition because I follow that energy and there's a rush and it feels good. And I do it for good. And I do it for kindness. And I do it to put myself in a better situation without being emotionally attached to other people's sufferings and circumstances of what they want for me and what they think is best for me. Because a lot of times when you look at people and they're telling you what's best for you, are they happy with themselves? Are they to where they want to be? Like, who are you taking these advice from, right? So like, there's that theory of top five, who are your top five, right? And then seeking mentors of people you admire, right? Not that you want to be them because you're, you're you and they're them and you can't do their story. And I can't I don't wanna do their story. And even if I wanted to do their story, like for example, I, I like Madonna, right? Love Madonna, we're both from Michigan, all that jazz. But yo, what she was doing in like the 60s, 70s and 80s and all that, like I wasn't even born, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and technology was different. So it's like for for me to do what she did wouldn't work, right? And the, and, and what, what other people are doing where they're blowing up, blah, blah, blah in ways. And they're like, oh, how do people do that? So easy from social media. Well, it's a new technology and certain people know how just to get in there. Boom. It's like they they're not programmed with the other stuff. So, it's all about jumping into like like I said earlier, like a, a quantum portal. Your your whole life can change in 1 hour, like in an instant. Like you can literally like go to bed tonight and wake up and just totally change everything with if if you're non-emotional, right? And you just Pragmatically know what's good for you. And then you show up and you actually do it for yourself instead of saying, wait till New Year's resolution or wait till next month or I'm gonna do it in three Thursdays from now. Like when you actually stop making excuses and you just show up for yourself, right? And I think that gives me my go-getter mentality from my dad because he put me in cross-country running. And so what I it's cool with cross country because it's a team sport and it's an individual sport. And what you do as an individual affects the whole right oh yeah yeah
1: yeah i ran a couple of years of cross country in high school and cool yeah, I, I don't have the body made for cross country i'm a short and stocky little guy so i just i'm not I just really thanks for it yeah so hmm. i hmm. did just try to keep me in shape for the other sports and i didn't take it as serious i should have and also i was a fuckhead back then i guess too but but hey
2: hey but hey while doing all that you were in sports so at least you were getting a lot of blood flow oxygen to your brain and not off doing whatever you know sitting around like a couch potato with friends you were actually in the sport so you were preparing yourself your psychology for the game of life
1: yeah even though you're sitting around eating doritos and with my friends seems a lot more fun usually on those days but anyway but i like what you just said that you know, like looking at the role models and stuff that you couldn't do, like what Madonna was, you couldn't do exactly step by step for what she did, because that was Madonna and not and you are you. And, you know, I've had to learn that myself, because I used to look up to it. Well, I still do look up to certain role models. I got to do it like this. I got to do it like that. But it doesn't have to be exactly like that. You can do you can kind of follow along their footsteps. But what you just said that you're still your own person, like I'm Chris, my experiences in life and the way i do things is gonna be completely different on how katie did her things all the way up through life and i don't know if all people realize that
2: yeah well like for example joe rogan comes to mind it's like I wanted to start my podcast nine years ago. I didn't know how to get on the train tracks. Like I would have been like way huger than Joe Rogan by now. Right. No kidding. And like, I think he's from Boston. Um, and he did stand up and then I dabbled in stand up and he did, um, I think martial arts, he did this kind of like fighting and I ran cross country. And so I just liked his mentality there. So it's like, those, those are things I identify. It's like, Oh, I don't want to be Joe Rogan, but like, I admired some of the things he's done and i find similar traits like if we met like maybe he would be on my show one day or i would be on his show and you know maybe we could talk about stuff you know or i would think we'd have interesting things to talk about from different dynamics right um but also it's like like if you admire someone, right? Whoever that is, you don't need to be them or want to be them or envy them that you're compare yourself that you're not them, but you can find out like three to five books or even one book that they read and you can they can be your mentor. You could read a book where they go that you could find out where they like to holiday and have the experience of like, oh, like they're, they go to Hawaii. This is where my mentor likes to go or this is the books. So you're getting into the sensorial bo- mind, body, spirit of the person you admire so you can grow to be that of whom you admire within your own self right and if we don't like ourselves that's a great great analysis and awareness to know that's where to start right if we don't like ourselves how is anyone else going to like us if we don't like ourselves like how are we going to be liking anyone you know what i'm saying so we need to get to this point where we like ourselves first and like i've been so mean to myself Where like, however I am to like my worst enemy, I've been like, double quadruple harder on myself, right? So I had to learn to stop self inflicting and stop being so mean to myself. And that came from emotional abuse and trauma, you know, so I had to, and then I allowed other people to be that way towards me, even in the workplace, I would allow them to pressure me and put me in certain situations. You know, a female agent I had, she didn't, you know, she, the I let her treat me in a certain way. I was a princess in her world, right? But if I did anything outside of that, you know, she would try to control me, right? And that's what people like to do. They're They're very happy and comfortable when you're complying in their bubble. But when you start to shift things around and they get upset, they're getting upset because, oh, He's not available as much as he used to be. Oh, Oh, he's not doing this thing. Oh, he's not paying for all these things he used to pay for. And they're going to start getting upset because they're comfortable with it. But you're changing. And we don't need to explain ourselves to other people when we change, right? We're only responsible for how we are and what we send. We're not responsible for how other people receive our truth.
1: That was very well said. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, well,
2: I got on a roll. I was, I was like, Yeah, I, dragged... I didn't want
1: to do. You. you were good. Well,
2: well, no, what happened was when we first got on, like I, I had a day and so like I had food and I think, you know, when your blood flow, you slow down a little. Oh, so yeah. I was a bit like out of it. I think my food was still digesting and and then I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm, I'm, and now I feel zoned in. So I got like zoned in.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I, know I want to be respectful of your time, but I got one more question and because yeah. you were talking about your um philosophical background and i just finished sam harris's book about free will and determinism and i wanted to get your thoughts on it before we get off here sure if you believe in free will or is it all predetermined or
0: whatever
2: oh i love sam harris um i haven't read that book uh yet um i really like sam harris and um his app And I'm not an affiliate. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: I think determination is key to making your dreams be a reality. I feel we all have free will. Um, I feel the gift of life is free will because we chose to be here. If we understand that on a human level or not, and our experiences, I have an infinite divine knowing that we chose to be here, how we all are. Um, all those circumstances are more difficult for some than others, um, but we're not bound by our circumstances. We're able to shapeshift no matter how we do that. But, um, you know, not to say it's going to be all pretty in rainbows, you know, and I know there's hard things that people grow through and it's different for all of us. And I just think it's important not to, compare and judge when we look at someone else's free will, you know, because we don't know who they are and what they're growing through. Just mm. like people don't know who I am and what I'm going through. And I get not a lot, but sometimes like, oh, like you're in a bubble or something like that. It's like, you have no idea, but thank you for sharing how you feel. It shows me your character and who you are, you know, where you're at. And I wish you the best on your spiritual journey, you know, cause we're all on a journey. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what I feel about free will. I know in other countries, you know, that aren't America, um, people are confined by those international circumstances. Um, so I I can't even imagine what that looks like and how and how that is for for them. But in in the realm of um, you know free will, um, that that's just from my experience so far.
1: Great. Great. I'll say we take it home on that one. Um, so if people want to find your book, I know you have music too. And if I find anything more about you or anything they want to promote or anything you want to promote, I mean, how would, uh, how do people do that and all that good stuff?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, My podcast is she's all over the place. So I have like 72 episodes up. So if you want to hear me ramble for 72 hours, <laughs> uh, that's a good place. Also just my website, Chinakas.com. Um, I just did a, a NFT drop a collection um, with the Hey Lair team. It's a women empowerment platform and I'm doing another drop um, next week uh, on Hey Lair two of all my mom um, um, po- of some poems I did from the book, a lover's fairy tale. The poetry pieces are being released as NFTs. And so um, that's really exciting. I'm, I'm gifting the PDF to everyone who purchases uh, an NFT um, um, gifting uh, a percentage to, um, uh, a nonprofit that, um, supports animals. Um, uh, my friend, who's the international photographer, Robert Sturman, who did all the photos on the original Polaroid, uh, unfortunately just lost his pup Chai. And, um, so we're gonna, um, donate some proceeds to that nonprofit. And also, um, I sponsored a child, Rendell Era, and, and her family in the Philippines, uh, since I was 17 years old, I still sponsor her to this day. So I'm going to donate a proceed of the pro- um, the profits to Renal and Ara and her family too. So those are kind of the things I'm focused on right now, enriching, empowering others and sharing my story on the blockchain all through um, my experiences of entertainment.
1: That's great. I think all that's great. Especially, uh, you really have my attention at NFTs because that's been something I keep reading about a lot trying to get into those and, Oh yeah. Yeah. And this plus I've been, you know, well not hearing, but seeing on uh, Instagram how kids are making millions of dollars. Yeah. um, And selling and yeah, the whole board aid yacht club and all that good stuff. So, yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. Yeah, It's very, very, very exciting. Um, I'm, I onboard people into web three, you know, it's a mentality with ethics, you know, not a pump and dump kind of thing. It's, it's about like integrity and, like really sustaining to build like the, you know, for the generations to come and for us to be decentralized and have the power as artists, how you were saying at the beginning, like, I feel really good in my purpose of starting the podcast. And it's the first thing that I did for myself. And, you know, that's how it is on the blockchain and you can do it. You, I'm dropping my podcast as NFTs. I have an NFT podcast. Really? Yeah. You can put all your podcasts as NFTs. There's so many different marketplaces. You can put it. Yeah. Yeah, anyone who wants to be in Web3 and blockchain and all that jazz. uh, Oh, I'm so I'm doing this um, TikTok thing. I'm going to be giving information on steps and information on TikTok, which is Chinook is my name. But yeah, reach out to me anytime and, you know, things like that. So you definitely have to make a strategy platform, write down your intentions of like what you want to do on the blockchain. And, you know, there's endless opportunities, but it's really important for you. Do you have Twitter? I do. So there's called Twitter Spaces. Just get on Twitter and start listening. There's rooms happening 24 hours a day. There's multiple rooms happening right now.
1: Wait, I know what that is. uh, Wasn't it kind of like Clubhouse?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Clubhouse and Twitter Uh, Spaces. It's where everyone is. Yeah, everyone is. Everyone who's everyone in the industry. Like I was just on with Paris Hilton the other day because she did her collection. I I picked up one of her NFTs. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are people in the mental health space, uh, healthcare, nonprofit sectors, all onboarding into NFTs. Um, uh, I just picked up an NFT of this filmmaker, physical artist and musician, where his physical art was one of the very few artists that's ever been to space. And his music has been to space and back. And I picked up one of his NFTs and uh, hes they work with these astronauts. And there's this African-American um, astronaut and she's the first... Uh, african-american um poet to take her poetry to space and back really like yeah yeah how cool is that right and I'm, i'm i'm interested in space and astronauts and art and music and those things so i so i collected it you know there's only like 50 of the musician and there's only 100 of the female poet and they're not sold out yet i'm like yo how is this not sold out because later on in life when people look back, they're going to be like, oh my goodness, like like you were like right now, like even you talking about it, like people are buzzing about it, but it's so early like like to get in and be a part yeah. of it because it's like, it's a legacy. Like some, it's funny. Some people like, I'm just immersed in it. I got involved in 2018. So I've, I've been in the space for a while now, you know, and it's like web three is everything because anything you wanted to do can happen. All the things I wanted to do, like publish my poetry book since I was 12. Jumping through hoops, the traditional system that doesn't work, finding a book publisher for me, right? Um, Do they like my work? Is it like, I'm like now I'm psychologically wondering is my self worth good enough? Are they gonna like my pieces? And then the matrix of the world is so disgustingly huge. Like how do you connect the dots with the right people in web two? It's so difficult. But then I was able to self-empower and release my poetry book. But when, you know, when I was 12, there wasn't Amazon um, publishing. There wasn't, you know, um, self-publishing and Ingram and, and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. But but I w- there is now. So I was able to empower myself and do that. Well, on the blockchain, as a podcaster, musician, actor, any space, you don't even have to be an artist, you can... Put it on the blockchain yourself and get with a community of people who are like minded, and everyone is willing to help. And if anyone tries to charge you money, run. If anyone tries to pull some scheme or scam and blah, 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 there are ways to get on the blockchain and pay no gas fees. And the collector who picks up the NFT, pays the gas fees. Like if, uh, if I'm a collector, right? Those pieces I just told you, I'm a collector. Who would have thought I'm a collector? Yeah, you will be a collector too. It's things you will collect. Video games, sports, boxing, like it's all on the blockchain. You know, and so like board apes, you were mentioning board apes. Some of my Mm -hmm. friends have some, and then they six of them created uh the board um apes sports, right? And it was like three thousand dollars in NFT or something. And it's not for me, but yo, like my dad's into sports, like and it's so it's a community of people who are into sports kind of things, and they have meetups and they have gatherings, but these are your people. So it's like for me to gift that to my dad would be like an awesome gift because like he would utilize it, he would meet up and talk shop with these people who are in the board Ape space of uh, sports because like it's his kind of thing. It wouldn't be mine. Just like if you're not into space, it wouldn't be yours. You right. know what I mean? Or if art wasn't your thing. So you get to find out what's good for you. The lastly, cause I'm rambling here. I could, this is a whole nother podcast episode, but right. like, you know, like 10 years ago or whenever, when they like did these, um, You don't have to print out the carbon, the paper, which is so toxic, right? When you get receipts and the, the, the ticket, there's just, it's so very toxic, very dirty, but you know, like you, there's an option to be paperless, to download the app. And just to scan the QR code, you know that? And that just seems like normal. And some people still don't do it. It's like above their head, right? right. Like some people don't, but it's like the way to do it. It's like, why print it out? I can check in an hour, a, a day before, and I don't have to like worry about getting to the airport on time, all that stuff. So you can be already checked in. You're already checked in and you you just scan the QR code when you're going through the gate. That's how it's gonna be when you go to restaurants, movies, like everything. That's You're not gonna have to pull out cash you're not, you're just gonna have to swipe something yeah. that you're connected to and it it takes it there. And I mean, they have it at luxury hotels now where like you don't pay cash. You just show your room key or tell them your room key and everything's taken care of. It's better. It's better for the environment. It's better for the people. I agree. It's, it's sustainable. I think. So I'm very, very excited about the space.
1: Yeah, that was great. Uh, yeah, I've been dabbing a little bit in NFTs, but I've only, I bought one, but it was like through VV Collectibles. I don't know if you know that, but they did like a couple marvel stuff so cool
2: congratulations
1: yeah that was my first one i did and I, i'm just Yay! hanging on to it. it's just like a small comic book but uh
2: and how did you pick it up
1: uh you just went on that app and then they released so many at a certain time and you just hit the buy button you just had to get lucky that it was going to come you were going to get selected to get one
2: yeah so uh, you didn't set up a wallet you like paid through paypal or
1: no Com- no yeah they i guess they have their own wallet they, they call it gems inside their app um and you just put in like i think i put in ten dollars and each comic 6.99 or something
2: cool yeah yeah, yeah. but you collect and, it and it's fun and it and you own that and it's so cool you know
1: yeah like, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can resell it and stuff but it was yeah. kind of yeah but at first I, as a reason because it was only like you know six bucks i was like all right i'll take a chance on this and see what i'm doing here before i go out and try to do anything bigger than this but it you know like it's, it's pretty cool like i got it right here but Don't.
2: Um, very yeah, you Love know, that. just something
1: to of dabble in. And like you said, that's what I'm like, all right, I'm learning. I don't want to take a big risk yet. And I kind of grow from there. It's just like everything else in life.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Just do your own research. Keep showing up. Keep listening. Keep learning. Uh, you know, anytime you want to send me anyone like, hey, yo, you know, this dude or something, or you want good resources, I can send you some links and stuff and I'll put oh, it on my sure. TikTok too, you know, of like good resources of people who they should follow and everything. Well-respected people in the industry.
1: Great. Great. You cool. just want
2: to make sure you're learning like the correct way the first time cool. instead of like learning from people who don't know, and then like you know that. Then and because it's that's what I see, we already see it, and w- w- the community calls people out like immediately, it's a very protective community. They, they call people out, mm-hmm. yeah. So cool, yeah, cool, just like
1: you said, you don't want to learn from somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, and you just go complete downhill from there and lose almost yeah. everything, yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. like I said, I want to be respectful of your time, and I at least want to give you sometimes so you can go do whatever you got to do after this and all that good stuff. And yeah. you already promoted your stuff and anything else you want to say before we hop off here?
2: Uh, just Chris, I'm so grateful that you had me on and thank you. I really appreciate you. And if you're in LA or New York, definitely look me up. We can meet up in person. That
1: sounds great. We'll get one of them adult privileges. Just um, All right, people, everyone be good to yourselves. We're out here. Thank you for listening and all that good stuff. See ya. Ciao. You oh, so are